All right, hello, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Totally. I'm going to have, just finish up my chocolate real quick. All right, hello, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Jared Truby sitting solo as my friend and colleague, Christopher George Baca, has gone out calling some dinosaurs he got himself the flu and i actually also just finished with the flu myself so things are really just coming along for the old uh, cat and cloud team some would say maybe it's because you've been working 24 7 6 000 days a week maybe not either way we're chasing our dreams it's feeling pretty rad so tonight you're just going to hear a crazy solo experience from your boy jt it's going to get weird 100 weird so deal with that uh, first and foremost, though, I do want to shout out our friends at Wilbur Curtis. They have been crushing the game for us. We've been brewing so much coffee in the cafe off those brewers, and I just thank you so much for the support and the love. If anybody ever wants an awesome brewer, man, hit them up. 24-hour turnaround, you got yourself a fresh, perked batch of coffee in the cafe. They're set to dial, and they're dialed to set. What? It's true. We use them all day, every day. They're great. Um, also... Just jumping straight off of that because we had somebody ask a question about how we do iced coffee and we have dialed in uh, a flash brewed iced coffee service. It's uh, allowed us to kind of modify the, uh, the Japanese style of going hot over ice with kind of a concentrated brew ratio. And we've been using that as our iced coffee and it's been getting rave reviews. Uh, I like it. I think it allows us to keep our coffee fresh and it's been... Um, it's been really fun. I mean, the coffee, in my in my opinion, is juicier. It's a little less of that liqueur taste that you get from from cold brew as far as like the 24-hour uh, toddy method or 12-hour or even 8-hour or whatever y'all are doing. Um, it's got a little less of that liqueur taste, but it's got a little more of that fruit. And so for us, if we use a darker coffee like the answer, even our other um, deep dark blend called Night Shift, we've got ourselves a pretty tasty tasty cup of coffee so for anyone who is asking about that there it is and there it was um so being solo it's kind of weird my other half is gone and i was trying to figure out what i would even talk about because uh part of part of me coming to my conclusions is talking with somebody else and you know i've got i've got all my opinions and everything but when Chris and I banter together, we usually have, you know, um, different viewpoints on similar opinions and so on and so forth. So this is just going to be really, really goofy. Um, first and foremost, though, I think I kind of want to talk about some of the service opportunities and cafes that I have uh, maybe seen missed over the years, but some that I'm trying to, and we, I'm just sitting here saying I because I'm here by myself, but we as our as our team are trying to implement at our cafe level. Um so service, you know, people have all these different models of service at, at Cat and Cloud. We run kind of a semi standard model where you you walk right past some merchandise. You walk past uh, uh, a pastry case and and you walk up to a, you know, concierge. That's what that's what the first person taking care of you at our cafe is called. They're the concierge. And um, that's because they are far more important than writing a register. They they're going to get you what you need. They're going to set you on the right path to success in our cafe. And they're also just really they're really going to take the opportunity to take care of you um, as best they can. So concierge is the first point of reference. Uh, when you're ordering in our cafe, you, you very well could be 
could be uh, greeted or acknowledged by either the support person or the barista making coffee. But either way, the first point of contact is going to most likely be the concierge. And, you know, because we run a semi-standard, um, you know, ordering operation, one of the things that, you know, is pretty normal is you get a, you get a line down the hallway. So we've, we've integrated, you know, um, two POS systems and we use Rebel and they are, you know, iPad based systems. And what's been kind of fun is the ability to kind of pick those things up and leapfrog people and, and walk around and kind of take orders like you're a, um, a waiter or waitress or a server at a restaurant. And it's been really cool to do that because our, our cafe, it opens up in a lot of different spaces. We have a big old window on the front door rolls open. We got another swinging door and then a whole other window that, uh, that opens up as well. So we're, we basically like transformer style, just turn into a inside outside cafe. And what's been really cool and a really good service opportunity is for all the people with dogs. We've actually been going to meet them where they're at at service and letting them stay outside, take their order, kick it with their dog. And, uh, for us, that little, you know, it's not even a sacrifice, but that little few seconds of just being able to walk out and get, get the orders going. Um, that's been really, really cool. And it's been really neat to have that be kind of an intentional, um, plan with our model and have some people actually write in on our, on our Facebook and start talking about how, you know, it really makes them feel good that they can walk up with their dog. They don't have to leave their dog tied up outside and so on and so forth. Uh, so what that's done honestly is because we're in the neighborhood is besides the people who are going to come with their dogs anyway and park them outside, it's a lot of people who are on dog walks to roll up and just kind of poke their head in and be like, Hey, and then, you know, we, we haul at them, get them their nuggets of glory and then send them on their way. Uh, something else, everybody, that I think is a really, really easy way to give just an amazing service opportunity that people don't necessarily think about is going and refilling people's waters. And Chris and I and anybody who's competed in a barista competition probably has nightmares about remembering, like, I better remember to fill water. I better remember to fill water. Um, for those who don't know about barista competitions... If you don't fill water, you'll get kind of some points marked off for professionalism. So anyway, what's what's been a really cool service opportunity for our team is I've been having our crew, when they go out to bus tables, if somebody's drinking water, and even if they're done with everything and their water's empty, instead of, instead of bussing the water and all the t- plates and everything and cups, we have asked, hey, can we get you another water? And then we go, you know, walk back behind the counter, ice or no, still or flat, whatever. Um, still or flat. No, just ice or no. We don't have sparkling water because Chris and I don't like it. Uh, but it's a really simple one to just go get somebody some more water and let them just sit there and finish out their time, whether they're doing emails, reading a book, or even just chatting. That is, in my opinion, like one of the – that's a memorable experience at a coffee shop. I don't remember the last time anybody at a coffee shop has offered to refill my water with the exception of Paramount, which is almost more of a restaurant style anyway. Um so that one is kind of a simple one. Uh, another another thing that we've been implementing that has been kind of interesting is we have one size for each drink. And, you know, in, in L.A., I know we've talked about this in some other episodes, but in, in L.A. and San Francisco and some of the bigger cities, not having a 16-ounce beverage is just standard and normal. But in Santa Cruz, 16-ounces are hot fire. People, People's companies are carried on the 16-ounce drink for the markup, and... You know, the reality is the the cost and the margin 
um, don't necessarily change too much. But for us, we decided we wanted to go with 12 ounces for our lattes and the eight ounce option as well. So 12 being our biggest option, we have offered to let anybody who has a bigger cup come get their drink for the same price. Uh, and in our kind of our how do I say this? Our uh, response when people ask if why we don't have bigger coffees is is true and it's sound to us. We only offer one size because we are hoping to get people to use their own cups. I can't tell you how many times, and it's basically every single time, that I go to get coffee to go and I don't bring a reusable cup. And I actually feel guilty because I have at least at least seven to eight reusable cups in my cupboard. How many of you out there have reusable cups in your cupboards and you almost never use them? For those who do, that's awesome. But we're hoping at Cat and Cloud to just, for one, you know, limit a little bit of waste by only allowing the one size. And that doesn't do a ton, but it is cutting down on the extra size cup. You know, if you go through them and you use them all no matter what, you use them all no matter what. But for us, we're only buying one size of each and it's just the beginning of a million things we can do to do a better job at, at being green. Uh, but what it is doing is it is allowing us to engage the guests and say, hey, bring me, if you want a bigger drink, you can totally bring a, bring a bigger drink. We will not charge you anymore. We'll fill it up. We're happy to do it. Bring a 32 ounce or I don't care. We just, we're going to do our thing. We've got your back. And it's kind of fun to have that conversation with people uh, in a nice way. You know, we don't approach it by being like, no, we don't have any other size, um, which is also kind of an interesting service thought is the ability to not say no, but just suggest other options. What we do is people come in, can I get a large cup of coffee? And a lot of the times we just head them off at the pass. We go, yeah, we have a 12 ounce cup. That's our biggest. It costs, you know, 275. But if you ever want to bring in a bigger cup, we got your back. You can bring it in and we'll fill it for the same price. We understand a lot of people like to have more coffee. So yeah, we got you. And I'm telling you, 25 people have been stoked at the idea. And one person has actually been um, pretty adamant about just wanting to pay for a 16 ounce cup of coffee and being pretty bummed. He's all, this coffee's the best, but I won't come back because I'd rather pay for the bigger cup than have to bring in one. And, you know, you don't argue with somebody like that, but you just wish them well. And then you hope that that coffee was tasty enough that they're like, you know what, maybe I will bring in a cup. Odds are in my mind, I think we will see that. This gentleman really liked the coffee. So he was having an internal struggle. Um, those are a couple of the fun little things that we've been doing as far as service goes. Uh, other things that are just based on belief for Chris Charles and I that have been interesting is we do not have soy milk. And that again in Santa Cruz, oddly, even though Santa Cruz is so health conscious, uh, soy milk is still a pretty hot commodity. So we have almond milk. And then for those who are, you know, have the nut allergy, we have coconut milk. And We've actually had some complaints about the lack of soy and it's been fun to deal with those, you know, it, because you have to be nice, obviously, but it's fortunately the coconut's saving the day, but people, people are actually oddly more bummed about soy milk. Um, but Chris and I are pretty anti it's, it's pretty GMO'd up. I don't think there's very much organic soy out there, even though I'm sure you can find it, but the barista series that I've seen aren't really running organic and 
and uh beyond that you know all the estrogen and shenanigans chris and i are just not gonna do it wouldn't be prudent i'm gonna be honest out there in uh radio land i'm very weird just talking by myself but how do i sound huh a uh, quick backdrop for everybody. I'm sitting outside in, of my house out in the farmlands. We live just outside the city, and I have a really cool lamp. Like the the landlord installed one of those straight up like Main Street USA lamps, like spare um Chronicles of Narnia lamps outside of my front yard. And to sit here, and it's it's dark now because we're Chris and Charles and I are behind on everything, which is the plus and minus of being more successful than we planned on being out the gate. Um, anyway, I'm sitting out here and it's been storming all weekend. So California's getting its rain, which we need oh so bad. And just brainstorming how to catch up. This this little flu situation has me um, you know, in my unexpected day off, but it's got it's got me just reeling. The list of things that Chris Charles and I have to take care of in our epic team is so 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 long um and if you walked into our cafe you wouldn't necessarily be like oh yeah these guys are behind because our our team service wise is out of control killing it we've talked about it for like the last four episodes but just to reiterate again i mean it's been really fun to work along such a passionate group and this group is is really learning to to care about their guests and that's a big part of our service experience is just trying to see through the guest size first and foremost before you even see through your own personal pretenses on what coffee should or should be or should feel like. And, you know, Chris and I were pretty big time about that. And our team is learning quickly on how to to kind of think about everything in terms of how it feels and looks from the guest perspective versus our own. And that, for me, is going to be such a big thing to teach as far as protocols and and things we do, you know. Um, I mean, another little thing we've been doing for courtesy and to kind of, it's just a nod. I've always, I've always wanted to have some sort of something for the, the parents with kids. And, you know, now being a parent, anything that can get my kids stoked to go somewhere that I want to go is a bonus. And so, you know, one little thing that we've been doing to try to, to get uh, kids stoked is we offer, we ask the parents obviously, but we offer anybody who has children uh, a free honey stick. And you know, those classic honey sticks you used to get, you can get them flavored these days. You like little plastic tubes and you pop them open. And it's like an ounce of honey in there. We've been offering those up to the team and man, it's so cool to just see the kids psyching on something as simple as a honey stick. And these things don't cost a ton but they, to, in my opinion, are reasons to come back somewhere. When you walk in, when you go to a whatever cafe, restaurant, anything, and there's some some interesting, authentic, you know, different than the norm, little things that happen, people get pretty excited about that. And I've been really happy to see kids pumped on little honey sticks. Now, the other thing we do that's been a little controversial is we don't have whipped cream, and everybody, and you know in big city world who's never served whipped cream anyway is like okay but again in santa cruz and actually in a lot of coffee shops you know whipped cream's kind of a hot commodity uh we're kind of taking a tangent on that ourselves and we're going to do marshmallows and that again is a throwback to when i was a kid like 
hot chocolate with marshmallows. Come on. Get out of here. That stuff is delicious. And man, so is our chocolate. We got holy cacao. Just a quick shout out to those guys and their epic product. Let's rip with that stuff. Venezuelan organic chocolate. Creamy beige. I just said creamy beige because we're addicted to saying creamy beige. Another quick thing we have at our shop is that blended drink called the creamy beige. Shout out to old Greg because he's got all things that are good. The creamy beige is a blended coffee drink. And it's got espresso and chocolate, a little sweetened condensed milk, a little half and half, a little coffee grounds. It's a recipe that actually my dad and I came up with way back when. Uh, and I don't know, a little known fact about myself. Uh, my dad owned a little coffee shop for a couple years. When I was straight out of high school, it was called Pasta and Spice and Everything Nice. And we used to, um, you know, this is like 2000. We used to try to actually do specialty coffee before there was any sort of training on the stuff, barely. And we'd get, we got Delano's coffee um, and a lever machine, and we were just trying our best. But we had a blended drink because Chico, where I grew up in, got to be like a million degrees during the summertime. If you didn't have cold drinks, you might as well not have been in business. So we made it, and we called them chillers. And uh, <laughs> my dad is far more cheesy than I am. My jokes are cheesy and ridiculous. My dad's like... He's he's classic. I don't even <laughs> know how to begin with that one. But he he used to have this little saying we called the blended drink the chiller. And he Starbucks was obviously hot and still is hot. My dad would be like, hey, guys, try a chiller. Because after a chiller, everything else is just frap. And then it'd be crickets. And people would have to give him like the biggest courtesy laugh of all time. But <laughs> you never forget sayings like that. So... In case you were wondering, after a creamy beige, everything else is just frap. Come on down to Cat and Cloud. Grab yourself a creamy beige. Fresh roasted coffee served by Jared Truby, Chris Baca, sometimes Charles Jack, and all the friends down the line. Our staff is epic. Uh, transitioning really quick because I'm going to answer a couple questions. And there's a far more other service things we're doing, too, that are really straightforward and simple. Um, just backtracking on that one. By the way, quickly, just a shot of advice. If you don't offer something and you can't help somebody with something in such a way where you feel like you need to use the term no, always do your best to not say no and offer kind of offer the suggestion in a nice way. So, for example, somebody comes in and I already talked about how we approach like the 12 ounce or the, you know, 12 ounce being the best size or the only size for us and people wanting a bigger size. But how about something like this? Um, somebody rolls in and they're looking for a hazelnut syrup and we've only got our, our like vanilla E in-house syrup that we love. So they come in, Hey, can I get a hazelnut latte? And you fire back. Well, we actually have an in-house vanilla syrup that people have been loving. It's really good. And it's got kind of a caramely tone. So it's, even though it's not a, a hazelnut, I guarantee you'll like it. And if you don't, we'll totally get you your money back. And for me, if I heard somebody say that versus, could I get a hazelnut latte? No, we only have a vanilla. Sorry. You know, even saying a nice thing and saying it as best you can and then you're giving off a negative impression and you're leaving with just like a no and we only have vanilla. The second option to me is, is quite a bit harsher to, to digest. Um, 
and it is a really simple thing. I think anybody could take any sort of service situation, you know, like, oh, we don't have gluten-free or we only have one gluten-free thing or we only have one gluten-free or uh, (laughs) gluten-free thing, gluten-free thing. That's my brain. It's only kind of working. We only have one vegan thing or or we don't have soy. I know you that you like the taste of soy, but, you know, we believe in almond milk and coconut milk for health reasons, so on and so forth. Uh, finding out the best ways of saying that where it sounds encouraging, enticing and exciting is the way to go. OK, really good talk. Um, but like I said, tr- before I transition to answering a question, I do just want to apologize to anybody who's had a crazy time with our online service between the store opening and honestly being busier than we expected um and just taking on that whole wing it's been a little hectic so for all y'all who have maybe not had an email response we get so 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 many and we're trying to get through them um, but we're also trying to you know make sure our team is trained really well and that we're doing a good job serving roasting coffee so we thank you so much for your patience. We are so close to getting around the corner and uh, locking in just some some chunks of time to handle some of these admin uh, email questions online shenanigans. I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all those who have been um, buying the subscriptions. Uh, we just sent out an Ecuador, a coffee from Ecuador that I think was tasting really, really good. Almost reminded me of Kiwi acidity. We have a Rwandan coffee that's going to come out. And, uh, anyway, I'm just gonna, that's like a public apology and just bear with us. Pardon our dust. We're going to get better. I promise you, because we really do care a lot. Okay. So here is a couple questions because we like to answer them. And I'm going to do my best as a single mind, headache on fuego, sort of crazy dude, to answer these. Podcast podcast question number one. Hey guys, congrats on the shop opening up. It's such a beautiful space with good vibes, and it must feel amazing to see this become a reality. I have a question about making coffee at home. I have a solid burger grinder, use scales, and of course, buy excellent bean. So I think I'm doing the easy things I should do. I also think I have a good recipe slash technique. At least it better be as I get it from you guys. <laughs> oh, snap. I still find that what I make at home or work doesn't come out with the same clarity of flavor that I get in a good shop. I find lots of what I make is pretty muted tasting initially and does end up tasting quite good, but not the same as the start to finish cup I'll get when I visit you guys. Is this more about a variable that's tougher to control at home, like water? Or is this more about adjustments to what I already do? For me and those in the same boat, what can I try to up my at-home coffee game a bit more? Again, this can be technique variables or tips on the adjustment process itself for someone who doesn't do that every day. Anyway, anything helps. Thanks and wishing you and your team all the best. Rafael Palomino. Raph is actually a gangster. He's a really genius dude. I've seen you around. I've made you coffee a lot of times. Um, Raph, it does sound... I mean, the first thing that I would point to, and I'm only saying this based on you saying that you have followed a recipe, and if your recipe with the time, the dose, and everything comes out you know, in the accurate window, you should be having coffee similar to that of which Chris and myself and Charles and the team experience. So it's leading me to suggest water first. 
uh, our water is reverse osmosis. It's pre-filtered. It's softened. It's been, you know, there's there's mineral content re-added in. And the water is good, and it's made for making coffee. So, you know, the reality is a lot of people at home don't have that water quality. And something that, honestly, I would argue, or not argue, but something for me, like, I like making coffee at home. And the way I make coffee at home is as simple as possible for a number of reasons. And I'm just going to totally tangent and then I'll finish talking about your deal more because I just am here alone and you can't stop me. Uh, Making coffee at home should be fun, therapeutic. Yeah, the coffee should taste good, but it's really hard unless you have the cash to get the exact same quality you're going to get from a cafe. So for me, I've already just kind of separated the two. It's like at a cafe, I want to expect to have the best cup of coffee I could ever have. And at home, I want to have a close second. Um, so at home, yeah, I use the tap water and I use it in a Bonavita and, you know, I fresh grind the coffee, but actually my Encore grinder just exploded on me. Uh, so I might, hey, Encore, if you're listening, I love you. Maybe help help me. Uh, I need to email them. The birds just literally exploded and shot out the top. It was weird. It must have like fallen or been loosened in our uh, move or something. But anyway, long story short, that happened. So we've actually moved to pre-grinding coffee, although I get it fresh because I have a coffee shop. Uh, but even for me at home, like I have kind of figured out like a general weight. So I even use like a one third measuring cup for cups of coffee. And I'm, I'm like not even perfect at home. So hate on me or not, I'm perfect at my coffee shop all day, every day. I love being at home and just enjoying a cup of coffee and thinking a little about it. Um, but back to your question, Raphael, uh, you know, there's a couple things that you could do to just double check. One, don't wait at all after that water boils. Get it as hot as you can. Come straight from the boiler, the boiler, the stove, wherever that water's coming from. Like as soon as possible, get it to the coffee. The water misnomer is always like you don't want your water can get too hot and you can scald your coffee and if you were just shooting straight steam through your coffee that might be true but even taking your coffee from the the stove to your whatever pour over it's probably dropped five degrees at least just from like pulling it off into pouring it and once it's like dropping through the air chris did a video on this a while back you're losing you're down to like basically 200 degrees before you know it uh, so I think you're going to get a lot more out of your coffee if you get that water super quickly from the stove to the coffee. Uh, the other thing is, is if your coffee is tasting muted, potentially you are grinding it just a touch fine. Uh, a lot of the times though, that'll also come with kind of like a bitterness or like a dryness, but you'll also notice that based on notice that issue, you know, based on the amount of time your your coffee brewing takes so there's that um you could also theoretically be muted by having far too coarse coffee but i think you're you're going to be muted in in like depth of flavor you're going to still have kind of a lot of acidity um but you know it's hard to tell what people's mouths mean when they say when you use terms like muted for chris and i muted typically means that it's something to do with um the water being too hot or a roast defect or that it is um, under extracted it's kind of stewy muted where there's like not a clarity of acidity and sweetness so 
hopefully those things answer your question. If you really felt like you were committed enough, what you could do is you could, you know, jump out, grab yourself some filtered water, boil that up and, you know, make two cups side by side and see if you see the difference. Other than that, it might just be one of those things that you're going to live with. Um, And that's about all I got for that. Thanks, dude. Um, Here, how about another question? Here's a question for y'all. Not sure if y'all have answered this on the podcast, but I was wondering what advice you might have on advertising for a new business. My friend and I are working on getting the funding to start our own cafe truck in our area of Rincon, Georgia. Yeah, you're. Congratulations. We've got some exciting ideas about bringing specialty coffee to our area, but are wondering about how to spread the word so we can hit the ground running. What kinds of things did y'all do to make Cat and Cloud such a success even on day one? Question mark. Thanks, Caleb. Caleb Myers. Caleb, that's a good question. Um, Chris and I have honestly put in a lot of time in specialty coffee. And we've worked hard and kind of been really self-analytical and self-driven to become really, really good. We've asked a lot of questions and we've kind of maybe stirred the pot a little bit. We both are kind of loud and interesting personalities. Not I'm not calling myself interesting. I'm more saying that we're weird. Uh, but I mean, you know, after being in the industry for, I don't know, almost 15 years now or something, maybe even longer, people and and we've we've involved ourselves we've been at competitions we've been blessed enough to be involved with really good companies i mean chris chris was with ritual at the beginning and ritual is arguably like the bay area influencer of all specialty coffee beyond Stumptown, uh, who helped ritual launch um i was you know there was four of us who started verve the two owners myself and sean white so i happened to be involved with a a pretty big company and um i feel like i did a pretty pretty big portion of helping create that service culture there so i mean there was there was a lot of pretense to us opening a shop and being successful um there have been a lot of times like i said where chris and i have stirred the the pot and i truly believe that authenticity and the way we think which a lot of the times isn't following uh, industry trends it's more about um, following what we believe makes the best experience for guests and what we we like, which I, I honestly believe is true. We're not we're not in especially coffee to toot our own horns. We're in it because we we truly are in love with it and we're passionate about it. I think that's been a really big big help. And then obviously this podcast has been more of a help than we even expected. Honestly, we put this podcast together to keep ourselves motivated in the interim between um, Chris finishing his previous project and. Um, and us starting our new one and just kind of keeping our our uh, creative flow going together. I mean, Chris and I's brains uh, work very similarly, even though he is a far greater teacher than I am. And maybe I would argue that I'm kind of uh, more of like a people service guy in some ways. But I mean, we both overlap on the other route. And we always, Chris always says we find different routes to the same overall ex explanation of things and because of that i think it helps us come to like the best possible conclusion because we each get to um essentially counterbalance each other's weaknesses in a, in a lot of ways and and hopefully come to a great conclusion and then adding charles geez charles just makes sure that we're not too um overly confident because chris and i are big time dreamers and we believe something can work sometimes we'll we'll go a little hard and 
you know, if you go too hard, you can burn out and maybe get the flu and drop some orders on the internet and blow it. Uh, Charles, saving the day. Anyway, I mean, all of those things are helpful, but Caleb, for you, majorly important is start getting the word out there, like what you're about, why you're special, why you're worth supporting. You know, I, I mean, God's honest truth for me, I'm, I'm very disenchanted with the general idea of specialty coffee. Um, and I love specialty coffee. So, you know, just opening a specialty coffee shop isn't enough anymore. And I don't think it ever was enough. I think there just wasn't enough in demand. But because there's so many coffee shops in demand, ooh, storm's coming back in. I don't know if you can hear that breeze kick up, but I almost just got blown off the porch. Because specialty coffee's becoming um, more easily found. Is that the word? The demand is high, and you can find specialty coffee almost anywhere. Uh, Just having good coffee is smart. It's great. Quality is super important. But, you know, why support specialty coffee? Why support you making specialty coffee? Do you are you going to treat people really nice? Are you are you thinking about them in any way, shape, or form? Are you you know what what's your angle? Are you just going to open up and serve those fifteen drinks? And are you going to feel elitist? Are you going to feel accepting? Are you are you going to try to look like two thirds of the other coffee population and and dress like them? Are you going to you know? Is there anything that is specifically you that is going to come across in your cafe? And, you know, for Chris and I, you know, we've talked about this before, but we, we've got our own, our own style and sorts. Like Chris is, Chris wears extra large beefy tees from Costco, like by the dozens. And, you know, he, he dresses like he wants to dress, which is straight out the nineties and he loves it and he's down. He just got a haircut and he, he literally used the term vanilla ice and got a couple stairs in the side. And I'm, you know, a ragamuffin. <laughs> Two thirds of my clothes are the same clothes I've had since forever. And I've decided recently that I needed to invest in some nicer looking stuff because I'm a business owner. And I, unfortunately, people don't necessarily take you seriously unless you look a certain way. And that's just a bummer. But, uh, you know. We are, and you can see it in the way our service works, and you can see it in the way our cafe works, and you can see it in the way we carry ourselves. We are who we are, and nobody's perfect, and Chris and I have flaws all over the place, and so does, you know, I would say every single person in the world. So being able to be confident and comfortable and carrying yourself as who you are and giving your best self to the cafe service and the quality and whatever that thing is that you feel like is going to make your cafe different or better than the ones that you currently go to. Like start making sure people know that's what you're about. Um, maybe find a way to start sampling out your coffee and you know, I don't know how that works or whose coffee you're going to use. I guess if you use somebody else's coffee, you know, find a way to even just get people together to talk about coffee, bring them to your house, serve them coffee, weird stuff. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, you need social media for sure. Make sure your social media isn't a bunch of perfect pictures where there's like staged everything and there's it's too perfect and you'll never see it in reality. You know, mix it up. Have some of those perfect ones, but have have real stuff. Have people being able to see who you and your staff are and how you how you are a human being. Um, and beyond that, man, 
get to the events, get your get get out there, get in your community, and just be there, be present, and treat them good. And, you know, for Chris and I, we're it was helpful that we worked near where Cat and Cloud opened for like I worked there for seven years. I I helped found a company there in a place where that that part of town was still very up and coming. So it was welcomed, and I surfed out there. So you know, it's funny. Um, and Chris visits a lot of the local, um, like, not bars, but, like, gastro pubs and places with his wife. So, it's funny. Like, we have these different communities coming to support us, all because we've been really nice to them over the years. And another shout-out to our team is so have they. Like, our team makes me so proud to have people come just to see our team because our team has invested in people in our community over the years. This is how you know you've hired good people. When... When it's not just people coming to see Chris and myself and Charles, when people are coming to see Tanner and Jason and Dan and Stephanie and Kaylee and Nicole and Alex, and they're just like, man, I've seen you here and I've seen you there. And oh my gosh, you blew my mind this one time with this, that, and the other. Uh, This stuff happens, you guys, all the time. Grace, she's like got surfer dudes. I'm like, how do you know all these people, Grace? You haven't even lived here, but these people are just... My team cares about people in the community and they give to people in the community because that's who they are. And, you know, it's good. It's gratifying to know that our motivationally based uh, interview questions and values based interview questions have bred this team. I hope they continue to do so. But make sure that you invest in your community and it doesn't take craziness. It just takes just takes being a real person who cares and hopefully you do that's why you're starting a coffee shop hopefully you're not doing it just to be a rich person or to only work for yourself because you you know can't work on a team you will make a difference so i've rambled somehow for 38 minutes alone i can't believe you've even listened this long if i've given you any sort of anything that you feel like is worth taking away i'm super glad if uh if not thanks for listening to me and you know Shout out to Calafia for producing epic everything. Your guys' products have been insane. Our almond milk, unsweetened standard. Califia, Califia almond milk is what we serve in our cafe. And uh, I have many pictures, and there are many pictures on the internet that I guarantee you would not be able to tell are almond milk because that milk is pulling, pulling, and pouring insane. But for those of y'all who can't handle it, they do have Barista Series almond milk, which has been working really well as well. I'm very proud of our staff for not needing that because that just means that your guys' skill level is bueno. Uh, but honestly, for those of y'all who maybe, you know, want to try it, give it a try. You might be better than you think on just a standard unsweetened Calafia almond milk. Otherwise, to Mike, Mark Scorheim, that Calafia team, and everybody, shout out so much for your great products. Excited to try that standard, straightforward cold brew with nothing in it. Looks pretty cool. Looks like it's coming out soon. That nitro's been tasting good. Brian Lovejoy, way to go with the science back in that jam. And uh, with that, you guys, this has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. 